0: already checked out the go wild app you need to this app is basically a social media community designed for outdoor enthusiasts, and that includes hunters fishermen and women and camping and canoeing and if you love the outdoors you need to get the go wild app it allows you to track the time that you spend outside there is a ton of giveaways going on right now so you need to sign up for this you know the social media community that is go wild and it can be downloaded anywhere that the go that you currently download apps and for more information visit timetogowild.com welcome to the nine finger chronicles podcast Brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras, the number one podcast for bow hunting product information and hunting stories from across the nation. And now, here's your nine-fingered host, Dan Johnson. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back once again to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast on the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, brought to you by exodus trail cameras if you haven't already check out exodusoutdoorgear.com and when you purchase a trail camera enter the discount code nine fingers that's the number nine followed by the word fingers and you will save twenty dollars on your trail camera now went out thursday night went out friday night went out saturday morning and i always get fired up every year i'm like man i haven't hunt i haven't been hunting bow hunting for like an entire year Especially for whitetails. I need to get out. I need to get out. So I went out. I jumped into some places that I had some intel. Not only from this year, but from previous years. Um, Thursday night went into a place that I had uh, historic data from last year. Thinking that I was going to run into um, a stud on one of my main properties. And I'll be honest with you. I, I saw a ton of does. There wasn't much sign and i I have to keep telling myself that it's still early and i don't want to get fired up too soon because i don't want to ruin some of my good spots so i went in there set up a did a quick running gun set up my stand and was hoping that the deer were going to come off this ridge now as i walked in because we had this huge cold front coming into iowa the the deer the does anyway were already on their feet and so I bumped some coming in, and luckily they were upwind of me, so they didn't—they saw me, but they didn't catch my scent. And uh, so that allowed me to get in there without them blowing. And I set my uh, set my stand up on where these two trails kind of meet, and the deer come off of this ridge, and nothing came off the ridge. And I, like I said, I, I got fired up thinking it was all going to go down like it was October 28th when it was you know obviously earlier in the season and then Saturday night or Friday night I went uh, to a farm closer to the house and uh I don't know I walked into some really good sign I had an awesome access route through a cornfield a standing cornfield that hasn't been picked yet dropped down off into this crick there was some Decent sign, you know. Couple couple rubs from this year. Who knows when they were uh, created? Not any scrapes, but I set up and I saw, you know, young bucks and quite a few does. And then I went back to the same stand location the next morning to see if anything would maybe work its way, you know, in to the area after maybe I potentially kicked it out the night before. And it was it was more of a setup type of hunt for. On, on Friday night, you know, I wanted to get a stand in there. And basically, I was putting my eggs in the basket for the Saturday morning hunt. And the does were there. Uh, the young bucks were there. But none of the big bucks came through that I know are in the area. Uh, I got trail camera pictures from previous years that tell me it's a pretty good spot. And it's nasty thick, dude. I'm telling you. It's one of those places where when you when the rut hits, you want to be downwind of this thickness any day any day, and you're going to run into, you know, you're going to see deer, so uh, that was Saturday, and then Saturday afternoon, watched some college football, Saturday night, decided not to go out, because there was nothing that overwhelmingly, you know, got my attention saying that I should go out, same thing for uh, today is Sunday when I'm recording this, and nothing, nothing. You know, the, all the trail camera pics I have of mature bucks are in that like 2 a.m. range. So for me, that's almost like not, you know, you can't hunt that deer because you don't know where he's coming from. Uh, at When you get a picture of a, a mature buck at 2 a.m. in the morning, hell, he could be anywhere coming to that location and hunting deer based off that time is damn near impossible because you can only hunt during daylight hours and uh so i'm gonna wait uh check my trail cameras probably in a week or two and see what uh they have to say and then make a decision based off that that's an update for me now today we got one hell of a podcast we got returning guest t W Norman now he's going to talk to you about his two thousand and seventeen season, and he had one hell of a season. Uh, he harvested three bucks, uh two in Iowa, one in Illinois, and then he was part of his son's successful season as well and uh we talk we we get into a really good conversation about how, yeah, he killed three deer, but the real victory and the real success, and what he's going to probably remember for the rest of his life is his son's buck that he shot so uh, it's just one really good conversation about being successful in more than one way and being able to share that success with your son or your daughter or whoever and uh, just a really good podcast I really uh, I really enjoyed this one so hopefully you guys enjoy it uh, before we get into this podcast guys I'm telling you if you don't have a ripcord arrow rest on your bow. And I know this is kind of sounding like a sales pitch, but I can honestly say that all this aside, I when you run into a product that is good, you stick with it. And I've run into ripcord and it's been on my bow for a very long time and it will continue to be on my bow for a very long time. Right. They have all they have multiple different rests right they have the max they have the max micro so there's all this uh uh micro adjustment you can do to your rest uh it has absolutely no bounce back right slow motion shows that when the rest drops it stays down and unlike other rests doesn't bounce back up and hit the fletchings and uh, that's a big deal when you're trying to uh, become an accurate archer um You know, when you talk to Keith, the owner, he'll tell you, I design my rest for bow hunters. And I'll tell you, I beat the piss out of this rest every single year. Get it caught on twigs and sticks and it gets wet and dirt in it. And it performs flawlessly every single time. So uh, all I want you to do is go to ripcordarrowrest.com, take a look at their products. And then uh, if you have any questions, dude, hit me up, uh, send me a PM or PM dm uh on instagram or something and uh, i'll be able to have you know ask answer any questions that i can because it dude it's a product i really believe in so there's that now here's uh today's hunter profile success story badass podcast with my man tw norman enjoy all right on the podcast today mr tw norman how you doing man
1: hey dan i'm doing great man so thank uh thank you for having me back with you bud
0: yeah absolutely you're a returning guest on this podcast but the big news from a weather standpoint is we've had all this rain we've had all this you know this uh hot weather in october and now we have this huge cold front pushing through the midwest are you excited for this cold front and are you going to be hunting this this week this weekend
1: Um, A, I'm extremely excited, B, my wife is out of town on a business trip, and so I've got to manage my work schedule and my three boys and football games on Saturday, so I'm going to try to sneak out one afternoon. i got a babysitter coming, and I'm going to try to take advantage of of one afternoon of this cold front coming in this weekend.
0: What day is that?
1: I think I'm going to try to get out Friday afternoon. Friday afternoon, Okay. Okay. Pick the kids up from school. Babysitter will come over, and I'm taking off.
0: Right, and we're talking. We're talking about like, I was looking at the forecast today. The high today. We're recording this today on a what's today Wednesday, and in 24 hours the high is supposed to be 20 degrees lower. It's going from 65 to 45, and I'm telling you right now, if you're listening to this and are not hunting this cold front you need to get out and hunt this cold front.
1: This is the time without a doubt, without a doubt. This, this is the one we've been waiting for. I mean, this is that first October cold front and it's, it's coming in. I mean, and, and to, for us, it's even more magnified. The last week and a half, we have been in Southern Illinois in the mid to low nineties for the past seven days. Wow! And so now we're or eight, nine days right now. We're about 75, and in in this tomorrow we're at like 50 56 or something like that wow so it's uh it's going to be good friday is even cooler so so i'm going to try to get that friday day pressure is going to be a little higher uh friday afternoon and so so i'm hoping to i'm hoping something will work of course there's so many acorns on the ground everywhere i mean i've got food plots planted but you know, I'm just hoping to get close enough to uh, to a bedded buck that maybe he'll come out and change his diet up a little bit. Yeah, but I'll, I'll just be happy to get out, man. I'll be yeah. happy to get out and where where it actually feels like fall. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and it's that first. I don't know about you and your job, but for me, there's a lot of stress. Um, I sit in a cubicle. I stare at computer screens. You know, not only not only. My job, but as you know, doing the podcast, I do a lot of work on the computer yeah. as well. And just to get out, and there's something about taking that first big deep breath of mm-hmm. cold air that just gets you fired up for you know what is inevitably coming, and that's the rut, right? Yeah,
1: it's it's on its way, and it always uh, it, it always makes me laugh though, because I, I guarantee it. But we're going to get on social media this weekend in in the in the rut reports are going to be going crazy they're, they're already chasing right they're, they're already yeah. they're already dogging everything but you know that's just the the, the young bucks filling their oats you know they're it's, it's the first time they've they've experienced any cool weather this fall so they're they're they're, they're probably going to be a little bit frisky but we know no real rutting is going on but right. uh but yeah i'm like you man just uh to, to be out in the woods Whenever this cold front hits, is going to be refreshing. Man, that's what it is. It's a refreshing thing. That that's a a time of rejuvenation for guys like us.
0: Oh yeah, it's almost like a, how a snake sheds his skin. It's almost like the mm. rut we're able to shed just a ton of stress and just yeah, get out yep, there and right. do what I don't know, like do what men are supposed to do. If that makes any sense. <laughs> that's- yeah, man, absolutely.
1: It's like this is we were made for this, and uh, it just it, it is. It is that it, that saying that that's perfect. It, getting out there it kind of just helps
0: shake all the
1: the stuff that life life produces through the weeks and the months leading up to it. It's a way to get it off of you, right? Start over,
0: right? So I'm, I know we're both looking forward to that. Now, today's podcast is about you in your 2017 season and. I mean, I, I love it when people have these seasons and they email me and they send me these messages and they say, man, I had one hell of a season last year. And then they send me like three picks, four picks, however many picks of all these deer that they shot, either in different states or in their home state. Um, I recently had a guy who shot a great deer in North Carolina. He shot a great deer in Ohio and he shot a great deer out, a mule deer out West. And it's one of those, uh, one of those quote unquote dream seasons. Right. And you had one one of those last year. So I want to start in a completely different place. You know, most of the time we start at the very beginning and we talk about the entire season. I want to talk after the very last hunt and the season was over, Mm. What was kind of going, what was going through your head as you were able to sit back and reflect on this, this season where you, where you harvested, you harvested three deer and your son harvested his first deer. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, at the end of the, at the end of the year, I mean, I was just, just sitting back and I think, uh, the best word to describe is just being grateful you know and and grateful not 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 just for the
0: the opportunity
1: to harvest uh, three mature bucks and be there with my son and and seeing his seeing his first time and getting it all on video but but you know like kind of like we were talking about earlier man what a privilege it is that we have to spend time in the outdoors to enjoy what god has created for us and then on top of that to have the experience of harvesting the the animals that we're pursuing um you know i'm just i'm sitting back and just being grateful and you know and I, I still am i mean here we are you know starting the 2018 season and and i'm and i'm still living in the thankfulness of 2017 and you know and, and that's just kind of where i've stayed but you know last year there was a lot of things in the air for me we had i had just relocated uh taken a new pa- uh a new position in a new church in southern illinois i left iowa and, and so there was just a lot of unknowns, but it was just like, uh, you know what, what last year, it just felt like God smiled on me that, that, that's, that, that that's how I feel. I, I just feel like last, last year was a gift from God. Uh, I really do, man.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And not only being able to see, look back on your accomplishments, but look back on other people's accomplishments, like your son. And yeah, that is where I want to start, uh, yeah, on this do that. because because I have a feeling that although your accomplishments were great as a father, I've seen my kids already do some ac- uh, certain accomplishments, nothing like kill their first deer yet. But it's almost like I forgot everything about myself and because I, I was so focused on their accomplishments. And it, talk to me about from a father standpoint, what do I have to look forward to? if my children first off decide to hunt cause I'm not going to pressure them into doing any, you know, do anything, but they decide to hunt and they go out and they shoot their first deer. What was that like for you? And then finally share a little bit about the excitement of your son.
1: Yeah, it was, you know, and you're right, man. It's like uh, whenever you have kids, you are, you're, you're right there with them, celebrating every accomplishment that they experienced from, you know, like taking their first steps or, saying saying their first words to to finally you know going to the bathroom by themselves praise jesus come on <laughs> you, know, not having to in there. <laughs> you know it's like yay we're right there with them but then just have your kid just kind of uh um want to do the things that you love to do right because it's like everything we do is for our kids right i mean there's like almost all of our life is, is given back to our kids, our lives disappear. And, and, and you'll, you'll find that the the older your kids get, the more your life just fades away. And, but then to have, to have your, your son or one of your kids like love what you love, and then you can do what you love with your, with your son or your daughter and for them to enjoy it. Oh my goodness. It is just like, it is, it's amazing. And, you know, I've had some, uh, I've, I've been taking my kids hunting, you know, all of them. Um, they, I started taking them with me when they were four years old and Trigg, we talked about him on the last podcast. You know, he started turkey hunting when he was five, killed his first turkey at five. And he's had success every year since went to Al- uh Alabama with me this past spring, killed a bird there. It was a lot of fun, but dude, there's just something about this last year whenever he went deer hunting with me that far exceeded any hunt we had been on. And cause he was so excited about it. I mean, it was a deer, right? I mean, he's, he's grown up seeing deer mounted all around our house and going shed hunting with me. And and he's waited for this day. And, and we got a crossbow last year. Cause in Illinois, uh, crossbows are legal for, for all hunters. And man, I, I tell you what I love about crossbows is it allows kids to hunt all year long that they don't have to, have their season relegated to three days. I mean, that they, they are able to hunt all year long with the crossbow. And at the end of the year, we were sitting in a ground blind on our, uh, on our little 20 acres that we purchased. And, and then we had three does come in and two spikes come in and, and man, he, he held it together so well. I was so proud of him. I mean, he just waited for that perfect shot and one of those spike bucks turned broadside. And, and he released that arrow and it just, it double lung punched him. And that deer took off and I'm like, it, any excitement that I've ever had shooting a deer myself failed in comparison to the excitement I had in that moment. Yeah. You know, I, I've heard other dads say, man, there's nothing like being there when your son, you know, takes their first deer. And, you know, and I wondered because man, I, I get all sorts of jacked up and anything I do, especially hunting but man, it is so true. And mainly because as soon as I looked at him, I mean, he starts shaking and it's not a learned behavior, right? I mean, the adrenaline rush is not something you can learn. It's not something you teach, but whenever you see your kid getting the same adrenaline rush that you get, <laughs> you know, when he's shaking and he says, I got him, I got him, I got him. And, you know, we're just like the, the blind is pumping and we are hugging and high-fiving, dude, it was, it was the that could have been the only hunt that I got to experience last year and the rest of my life, and it would be enough to carry me for the rest, for, until I died. I mean, that's it was awesome. A, it was amazing.
0: That's awesome. I tell you what, um, I felt that same way with my wife when she shot her first turkey, yeah. and it was it was kind of weird because I still like going out and you know being by myself and going and hunting by myself, and she only likes to get out for a limited time. But when I went, when we went out hunting. She shot her first turkey, uh, and even her second and third turkey. I like I forgot like all of my other past hunts. Like they didn't even matter anymore because I was so excited that I was able to share that passion yeah. with my wife. And she and after yeah. that, when she was all excited, I could see that now she understood a little bit she more why mm-hmm. I do what I do.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You, I mean, it's it's literally it's, it's passing something that's bigger than us on. Absolutely, and yeah, and there's, there's something special about that.
0: Yeah, and as much as I like doing all that stuff and I'm looking forward to it, there comes a time when we got to put the women and children to bed. You know what I mean? And we got to go handle some <laughs> business. You know what I mean? That's right. Handle the business. Handle that's some right. business. So that that brings me to the beginning now of your, two, your 2017 season and you kind of were in a funny spot because you were in the transition of moving from Iowa to Illinois don't know why you would want to do that I know you took a job but I would have found I'd probably work if someone said hey Dan we're transferring your job to name a state and I would be like well I don't think I'm going to transfer with it I'll just get a job at a gas station and uh, ring people up all day. Yeah. As long as I can hunt Iowa as a resident, I'm staying here. Yeah. 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 I uh, trust me.
1: I, I, I understand. And, uh, <laughs> you know, but it's, Hey, it, it's, you know, it's, it's answering a higher calling. That's you right. know, and That's the right. only thing that, you know, the, the, few things that are, are more important than, than hunting are, of course, family and, and following Jesus. And so I'm like, okay, where, wherever you send me, I'll go And it and it happened to be to a place that still has pretty good deer hunting. Yeah. So, I'm thankful for that. <laughs> it's not Iowa, but it's still it's
0: still pretty good. That's right. That's right. All right. So, you were you were still hunting Iowa as a resident last year. Correct. So, I want to start off at the very beginning and was this a lease? Was this a, a public ground? Was this a property that you had access to through like knocking on doors? Um describe describe uh this uh this property that you ended up harvesting your your archery, filling your archery tag on.
1: Yeah, the property that I that I harvested um, my my buck on, uh, the first property was a lease that I've had for the last. This is the fifth year that I've had that lease and. Um, you know, it's good leases are too hard to come by just to let them go because you don't live there anymore. And so, so I'm, I'll I'll keep leasing this property, but uh, yeah, this is the fifth year that we've had this lease. And so uh, on the last day of of the hunt on November 3rd, I, uh, I was able to to take this deer.
0: All right. So let's walk through this now. Um, Okay. Is this a deer that you had prior history of is it kind of a newcomer did you have any history with him maybe with sheds or um, trail cameras from previous years mm-hmm. yeah
1: it was a deer that we that we knew um, he was a four-year-old deer that we believe believed in before and uh, we had pictures of him as a, as a three-year-old just a very clean 10 point and uh, and then uh, you had summer pictures of him going into the 2017 season and, uh, so yeah, it was a deer we were familiar with and, uh, was able to, was able to harvest him on November 3rd.
0: Awesome. So talk to me about the, the setup, right? Um, yep. w- was this over a food plot? Was this in a pinch point? Uh, walk us mm-hmm. through, uh, like the, sh- the, the, game plan that went into harvesting this buck.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think the, uh, it started with the timing. Um, I knew that, you know, taking a new position in a new church, you know, my time was going to be limited. And so I needed to pick what I felt like would be the most productive days, uh, that my schedule would allow. And so I left, um, on October 27th and started hunting on October 28th. And man, the first, the first five days were brutal. I mean, it was, uh, the, the weather did not cooperate. We had east winds. And it just was not was not ideal. And we were hunting another uh, another farm, a really good friends of ours, uh, of mine that uh, developed good relationships with. He's a, uh, a farmer down there. He left me hunt with him. Um, just nothing was going on. So so they so the sixth morning, um, we said, you know what, let's go into the skinny pinch. We call it, and this is just a uh, a ditch that runs into a cornfield. We hadn't hunted this place because the corn was still standing up until this point. This was a, I forget what morning it was, but the day before, we saw them uh, harvesting the corn, picking the corn out. And so we said, now's the time to get in there. So we dove in there early that morning. And uh, and again, it's just where, where this is, is seeded. It's just a, a pinch point in this ditch that just funnels right into uh, the standing or the cut corn. So we knew that we'd be getting deer coming off the corn the, from the night. And then of course it was November 3rd and we had, there's CRP to our West and our East. So we have a funnel, we have a, a funnel that's situated in between two CRP fields with standing or pick corn to the North of us and a bedding area to the, to the South of us. And so really a pretty good, I mean, an ideal spot when it comes to hunting the rut. And up until that day, you know, the deer movement had been pretty suppressed, but that morning, it absolutely busted loose. We saw 11 11 bucks, and seven of them were shooters by by my standards, and that's four years old and older. And it was just like seeing seven bucks from from 7 to 11 o'clock and just seeing action, chasing does, you know, all morning long. And, uh, and like I said, seven of them being over four years old, it was, a it was quite the morning and we saw the deer that I was going to shoot or that I ended up shooting. He came in chasing a doe and the CRP behind us, I grunted to him and he actually came in the timber that we were sitting and came in, came into the ditch and he was, he was 50 yards just behind some locust trees and never did have a shot. Well, he took back off after that doe heading to our South and my camera guy who was with me. He said, "You know, I bet that he's going to come back through here this afternoon." And we hunted till about um, twelve o'clock. And I had some uh, some some work that I had to, uh, had to do, and we had no service or reception at all. So we we climbed down, headed back into town, got a quick bite to eat. I did some emailing and got back to the stand by one o'clock and got back up there, and it was dead. There was nothing going on. It was like everything turned The train off left again. the train left. There was nothing, not, not a squirrel. I stood up at four o'clock being in the stand and not, not, there was not a living thing around us. And I looked at my cameraman and I said, dude, we're not even, there's not even squirrels around now. And no more that I said that did his eyes get big and, you know, and, and I knew and He just said, big buck, big buck. And, and I turned around and sure enough, that same deer was working down the ditch just like he said, and, uh, and I was able to stop him at 36 yards and I had to put my toes over the end of my stand to find a lane to shoot through. Cause you know, just like we, you, have you've, you've had people say on your podcast and, and on the wired to hunt podcast, hunting the, the best wind to hunt is the wind. That's almost wrong for you, but right for the deer. Right. And, right. and that's, that's how this situation was. And he was starting to get a whiff of us and, and I had my and I knew one more step and he was going to be straight downwind and probably gone. And so I had to find a find a hole and I found one and uh and was able to to slide an arrow in there to
0: harvest the uh, my first buck of the 2017 season. And how how far was the shot? 37 yards. Wow, that's a that's a good shot, man. So in 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 I guess, relationship to all the other deer that you've shot over the years. Mm, Where does this one kind of lay? Well, I mean, you know, they're probably just
1: like you. I mean, every, every harvest is special, you know? I mean, they all, it's a, whether it's a doe or a, or a, a a trophy for the wall, they they all mean something, whether they end up in the fridge or, or on a, uh, as a mount. But, you know, this, this deer was special like i said just to kind of start off with because there were so many unknowns coming into this year i i didn't know if i was going to be able to to go back and get to hunt iowa again whenever i came into this position you know i i was fully expecting that i'd be too busy and too wrapped up to even get away and so to be able to sneak away for this time and this to, to to really enjoy one more trip as a resident to hunt the rut in iowa was special. And, you know, and so that was just that it really started the, that thankfulness and gratefulness that I was experiencing right there. It was a, it was a special deer, a special hunt, you know, and it's, it's fun whenever you get to enjoy that with, with a good friend. And one of my best friends, Rick was with me, the entire hunt hung out with me for six days, five grueling days of nothing going on (laughs) To finally get it done on the last day, so it was it was a pretty special hunt.
0: Awesome, and and so this was a this was a ten pointer. Did you score him at all? Just so the people have an idea of how big. Yeah, this yeah, is? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yep. Very very clean ten, uh, very symmetrical, uh, good mass, uh, fairly short timed. I think his uh, uh, the lo- longest g uh, g two on the left side was nine inches. The left the one on the right was eight and a half he scored right at 146
0: inches. Gotcha. Cool, man. And so I have a feeling that felt pretty good to have uh, a buck down, you know, kind of that early in the rut, where you could head head now back home to Illinois and hunt the rut in Illinois as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did.
1: Al- although, being that I was gone for for a week. I, I didn't get to hunt a whole lot uh, of, during the rut in Illinois. I, uh, I pretty much uh, I, I burned all of my my vacation time at work and my vacation time with my
0: wife. So I was. <laughs> <laughs> and that vacation time with the wife, man. Once that's used that, up, it's used you know, up. Once
1: that's used, that's right. That's right. And and knowing that I had another one planned in January, I I did not I did not press my luck at all. I I, I went whenever she. Whenever she told me, yeah, you can go hunting, I I didn't press anything, but, but I got to get out a little bit in, in Illinois, uh, through, through November. And, um, you know, and I think, I think I missed it here. I, I missed the, 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 good chasing and seeking here with when I, when I, when I was gone and just not being able to hunt very often. Um, so it wasn't until December that I really got to, uh, get back in the tree stand, um, on a more consistent basis here in Illinois. Right,
0: so now it's off to Illinois, right? And how many acres? Mm-hmm. How many acres do you own in Illinois?
1: I just own twenty acres, um but I'm I'm very very fortunate to uh, to have a lot of farmers in my church that do not like deer, and they strongly encourage me to hunt their property and take care of their deer problem, and which I I. I've decided as a good pastor, I'll do my part and <laughs> just try to try to help my congregation out a little bit. So, so I've got, uh, I've, I've got some really good places to hunt here in Southern Illinois.
0: Okay. So, but this next buck that you shot this last year was on mm-hmm. your 20 acres. Right.
1: Yes, it was. Right. Yes.
0: And yeah. I have a feeling that, and I'm not a landowner right now and someday I hope to be, but when you kill a deer on your own property, regardless of it, of if it's 400 acres or if it's 22 acres, mm-hmm. is there, a, is there a different feeling that you get when you harvest that deer?
1: It, there's a total different feeling, totally different. And, you know, cause really it's, it's, it's the dream right i mean for for anyone who's who's really into this i mean the 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 like my my lifetime goal right was to have was to have a little bit of land that i could call my own that i could go out my back door and go sit in a tree stand and to actually to literally have that very scenario happen was surreal absolutely surreal
0: that's awesome i and I I want to know what that feeling is like someday. Like even if it's just on the smallest little piece to kill a deer, to know mm-hmm. that this is your land, you do whatever yeah. you want on it, and you decide to hunt and harvest on on that particular piece of property. Man, so, that's a goal mm-hmm. of mine someday.
1: Yeah, yeah it's it, it's a it's a it's a special thing. It really is. Now, and it, and it doesn't take much. I mean, yeah. you know, having you know, and we hear it all the time. It's Having the right piece can produce some really,
0: really cool things. Yeah, absolutely. And it sounds you were in, like, you were in the right place at the right time. And of all the the types of deer that a guy can shoot, you shoot a. I'm not even not not even big, but it's like a giant six pointer. Six pointers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm a huge <laughs> I'm a huge fan of eights. Right. I just I don't know. There's Me something too. about a big eight, but there's something really cool about just a six. Right. Just a, yeah. a huge, basically a huge crab claw with brows. Now yeah. I want you to break down that hunt for us. Did you have history of this deer?
1: You know, as much history as I could have from, from just moving here. Um, we had, I, I ran trail cameras, you know, starting in August, whenever we, whenever we bought the place that our in our houses here too. Um, and I, I man didn't have anything. I mean, I was like, man, this is, there's nothing going on. Um, but then when scrapes started popping up, I put my trail camera, um, over, over one of the scrapes back in the woods. And the first picture I had of, of a, of a deer worth chasing was of this big six point. And, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm a goofy guy. I like to name my deer, you know, like, like a lot of us and, and I bring it, I bring it home. And I, and I think, okay, he's a six point and technically he's a seven. He had a, like a, an inch and a quarter long G3 on his left side. But I just, and I, but I didn't know that until I killed him. You know, every picture you, you could never see that. And, but anyway, it's, so I'm home and I'm trying to name this deer. And I was sitting in my bedroom and, uh, one afternoon and my wife comes running in there and she said, TW, there's a huge buck in our backyard. And and I get up, and in our backyard overlooks, we have a, a little oak flat in our, in our backyard that has probably 15 or 20 white oak trees. And, and they had just been raining in this area. And so, like, at 2 o'clock in the afternoon in October, this deer was in the backyard, 43 yards from the back of my house. And I know it was 43 yards because I had ranged it. Cause I had, um, I, I had plans, you know, (laughs) of, of, you know, can I sneak out the house and get this shot off? (laughs) But, um, and she's and and I, so anyway, we watched the deer and I'm like, no, I I want it to be in the woods. I, I don't want to do it. Try even try anything like this. Um, and so we, we watched the, we watched the deer and, um, it, it runs off. Actually, my cat scared it off stupid cat my wife's cat it's not my cat I should never say I should never claim ownership of the cat so <laughs> I got a dog <laughs> it runs oh, away
0: my wife has a dog like that it's not my dog it's yeah. her dog <laughs> it's not my it's Yeah.
1: it's her cat her cat oh man so we go back and do i like oh man and so I was thinking as a six point I was going to call him something cow- like cowboy or Tex or something like that and uh, and my wife said that's a stupid name I said okay honey what would you call him and she said I think you should call him Big Sixie and um, the big 60, okay, <laughs> I, I kind of like that. I like it. So, so big 60 was it. And so that was the first, the the first, that was when he got his name officially. And, um, you know, and I got a lot of pictures of him through the rest of October and then the November, and now we were in December and uh, I had, there were two deer now consistently using. Uh, my property that that I would have uh, I would have loved to get an opportunity at. One was a big heavy nine uh, nine point and then big 60. Um, I was hunting on December twelfth, uh, December twelfth, in one of my my back stands, and right at last light, I had the big nine come right underneath me. And this all plays into the story because I had several I had six does in front of me. And, you know, it's late in the year, the leaves are dry. You can hear everything coming from a long way. And I, and I was sitting in my stand last night and I heard a deer walking and, and I, and I thought, you know, at first, well, it's just another doe coming, coming around here. And, and I, I didn't stand up. I didn't get ready. I was just, I just was sitting there and I heard this deer walking. But man, you know how how like a, a big old heavy buck just walks like he doesn't give a crap about nothing, some, right. you know, late in the year and just walking heavy. And the closer he got, I said, man, that just sounds heavy. And then he's coming in from behind me. And then I just hear, Bleh. and I said, oh, gosh. <laughs> and I turn around, look over my shoulder, and here's this big heavy nine. And I'm reaching for my bow and I start to stand up. And one of the does catches me and everything piles off. And that, and that deer was like at 15 yards. And, and so I'm like, oh, I totally blew it. Two nights later, I'm sitting in my stand and, um, nothing, it's the different stand, literally, I'm it's 150 yards from my back door. And my wife and boys are leaving to Kansas city to go see, uh, their grandparents and it's like an hour left in the day. And I'm like, well, I could, I could sit on the couch or I could go and go out and sit in the stand and just spend the rest of the day in a tree stand. I'm going to do that. So with one, and I I was not expecting anything. I just, and I didn't, I didn't bring my backpack. I didn't bring my range finder. I was just like, I want to go sit in the tree stand. That's all I want to do. And, um, climb up in the stand and right at last light, I hear footsteps. And so I'm learning, right? We always want to be constant learners. And so instead of waiting to see what it was to make a move, I stood up before I could see anything and I just got ready just in case. And that deer came in and I I, I saw the deer moving behind a cedar tree. And then I caught a flash of white and you know how it is. Like, I, I think it's amazing that you can catch just a flash and not know anything specific, but you just know if it's a shooter or not. Have you experienced that before?
0: Yeah, man. man. I, I got a perfect example of that. I, it was November 24th. Oh man. Like, five years ago, three years, three three, four or five years ago, and I hear crunching. It was one of those quiet mornings, frost on the ground, nothing's mm-hmm. nothing's moving except maybe some birds are tweeting. High pressure day and it's dead quiet in the timber, thermal's going straight up. And I start hearing kind of at a fast pace. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. that's consistent. That's a deer. It's coming my way. I look to my right. I see brow tines and I just said, shooter and he was coming right at yeah. me. I said, shooter stood up and you just, you wait. Now, unfortunately <laughs> I, uh, put a very bad shot on that deer and I didn't get him, but I, I, I get what I get what you're saying.
1: Yeah. You, you just know, and yeah. without knowing, and that's how it wasn't this.
0: I, I literally saw a glisten of white and I
1: just knew it, it was, it was enough that registered in the synapses of my brain to say shooter. And so I, I was ready And then the next opening he went through, I could see that great big fork in between his G2 and the main beam. And I said, oh man, that's big 60. And and he turned and he came in and he was standing at eight yards from the base of my tree and just like they do. So I'm hunting, uh, over this little opening in my timber and it's, it's just a little staging area, but just like a big buck does, it doesn't matter if it's in the woods or on a field edge. They're, they're always going to stage up, you know, before they enter an opening. And that's what he did. He stopped and he staged up right before this little opening. And he was right under a, uh, a small tree that, that he had a scrape under and, and he was standing there and, and I'm, and he's not looking at me and I, and I start to draw my bow because there I I haven't, I have a lane I can shoot through and I'm starting to draw back and I get halfway through my draw and he just turns It looks right up at me. I mean, we make eye contact and he's looking at me. And now I'm trying to stop halfway through my draw cycle. And like, and I'm, I'm just facing that split second decision. Do I let down slow and wait, or do I just finish this off and see if I can get a shot before he takes off? And I said, I'm just going for it. So as he's looking at me, I just finish my draw and pull right back to my anchor, settle the pin. He's just looking at me the whole time. And I squeeze off a shot, and it flies. The arrow flies through, and he takes off and takes barreling through the timber. And, and I hear him uh, running through the timber. I hear him crashing, and then I don't hear anything else. And so I think he's fallen. And now I'm just absolutely tore up, shaking the entire tree. I'm sit, you know, I sit back down, and I hang my bow up. And I call my wife, and I'm I'm talking to her on the phone, and I say I just shot Big Sixty, and then she turns around to the kids. My my kids get you know they're, they're like I was. Anytime I come back from hunting, they're always meeting me at the door, you know, wanting to see in the back of the truck, wondering if I got anything, and and they they knew about Big Sixty the deer we were hunting. And she just, she said, "Boy, his dad killed Big Sixie. and the whole truck just explodes with cheers. And so, like my my family was excited for me. They're screaming on the phone, and I'm and I'm just sitting there. And we get off the phone, and man, and that thankfulness just, whoa, just pours back over me. And I'm yeah. just like, I'm having a moment now. Like I, you know, and and I'm not, a, no, I'm not ashamed to admit it, man. I'm just a big ball baby, and I and I start shedding some tears in the stand. And I'm just like, all I can say is. Thank you, Lord, because literally this is a dream to be able to harvest an animal on my own ground has been a fifteen-year dream for me, and it and it took place.
0: That's awesome, man. And so I'm curious, like, what was the inside? Did you do you happen to remember the inside spread on that that six-pointer? Yeah, he was 21 and a half inches inside. <laughs> God damn, that is a big, that's a big six pointer, man. I love it. It was huge.
1: I mean, I I had never, uh, I've seen some good size six points,
0: but I mean, he was, he was huge.
1: I mean, I I thought, you know, gosh, and, and you know, I mean, to be 130 inch six point, that would take quite a deer, you know, even to be 130 inches. And, and I, and I kept telling people, I said, I think he's gotta be 136 inch six point. And, you know, and everyone's like, no way. There's no way he's 136, you know, 130 inch six point." And uh, I said, I'm telling you, I think he is. And, uh, and, and he, he sure was. He, he far exceeded, he far exceeded that as a six point. He he was pushing, pushing 140 inches as a six point. I think like 137 and a half as My a Lord. six point. My
0: Lord, yeah. that's crazy.
1: <laughs> he's, he's, <laughs> it's a cool dude. He, you know, and his is, is right. G2 is like. Twelve and a half inches long, and his left G two is like eleven and five eighths. I mean, he's he, you know, in mass, and he had six and a half inch bases. I mean, he's just a he was just a big, big brute. Hold on, on, Getting excited, uh, you man! There? You're getting excited. Yeah, <laughs> throwing <Just> <laughs> my phone all over the place. Yeah, just a just a big brute of a six point. That's awesome, yeah. man.
0: So now you got. What, what's the taxidermy bill looking like so far?
1: It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Let's not not talk about it, right? No, no, (laughs) no. That's the only thing I'm not happy about. Right. But I am, it's like happy, not happy.
0: That's right. (laughs) It's like taxes, right? You just got to do it. Yeah,
1: that's right. Yeah, exactly. Just have
0: to. All right. right. (laughs) So, but you're not done yet, right? So you are now heading back to Iowa for a late season muzzleloader hunt and Mm -hmm. take us away man
1: yeah so late season muzzleloader is you know whenever i live there um well honestly i feel like if, if you get the right weather and you have the right food can be some of the most magical sits you will ever have in a blind or a tree stand i mean it's a it's a it's a it's a special time and and i knew i wanted to be back out there um so i Uh, Made a trip back out during the late season, Um, and again, I just want to – some people might be confused how this is working. I'm I'm living in Illinois but still hunting as a resident in Iowa. In Iowa, you have to have six continual months as a resident to be considered a resident in Iowa, and I didn't move until August, so I had my six months of living there in 2017, so I was still able to legally hunt as a resident, and so I just wanted to – just
0: get that out there. <laughs> yeah. You
1: know what I mean. So you were hunting Illinois so,
0: as a non-resident. I'm yeah yeah living in Illinois,
1: hunting Illinois as a non-resident. And yeah, exactly. Um, so I go back to Iowa in in January to hunt the late season, and I'm hunting this time hunting with uh, some really good friends of ours. Um, uh, he's a farmer, uh, owns some ground, and and lets me hunt with him um, just because my lease. It's, it's one of those uh, places that, that after the rut, it kind of wanes, it, it gets hit really, really hard or the surrounding farms get hit really, really hard in shotgun season. And so it's just been consistently in the late season. It's not been a producer of, of bucks. It's, you know, does still come through there, but man, the bucks just disappear. So, so I was going back to hunt with a good buddy of mine, Galen Mitchell. And, um, uh, so I was hunting with him and he sat me over a, uh, Uh, he pointed me towards a cut cornfield that, that there'd been a lot of, a lot of deer in and, and it was cold. Oh my goodness. That was cold. I mean, you're negative 20, uh, wind chill, you know, negative five actual temperatures, you know, just a good, good week in Iowa, you know, during that late season, exactly, exactly what you want. Um, you know, and had hunted the first three days, saw, had saw a lot of deer, um, but just hadn't uh, seen the deer that I, that I wanted yet um, day four comes. And, uh, like I said, Galen pointed me to a new farm and, and said, go out there and see if you can, if there's a place that you think would be a good place for a blind. And so I found a, found an area that I was able to, to set up a blind and brush it in real well. And, uh, did that in the morning and came back, got ready and uh, got back out there that afternoon. And it was just a, uh, super high pressure day. I think the, uh, pressure was like something like 30.4. I mean, it was, it was way up there for the late season, bright bluebird day. It just, it felt like a, a late season day that I was going to see a lot of deer. And I was, I think I was in the blind by one and by two o'clock, there were does on the field and, you know, it was just that steady flow of deer for the next couple of hours and come by, come four 4.00, o'clock, four thirty. Um, there were probably 50 deer on the field, small bucks, does, and, um, and then out of this, uh, the block of timber that, are, that was across the field on the East side, I, uh, catch some movement about 400 yards away and a deer jumps over the fence. And as soon as it hits the, hits the ground, kind of another one of those moments that I saw his brow times and the width of his antlers. And I said, that's a pretty good deer. And I couldn't tell what it was, but I could tell it was wide and I could tell he had tall brow tines through my binoculars. And he turned sideways and I could tell it was a mature deer. And, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm I just want to hunt mature deer. You know, I'm not at a place where it has to be 150 or better. I, I just want a mature deer, a good representation uh, of where I'm hunting as long as it's mature. And I could tell that this deer was mature. And he also had this uh, 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 injury in the side of his neck on the right-hand side. And this green, snot-looking pus was, 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 like, was flowing out of it. And it had been frozen to his to his coat. And so he had giant snot sickles, it looked like, of this green nasty pus. And I said, uh, he's a pretty good t- candidate to die if he gets close enough. Yeah. And um, and he did. He came in and uh, was just speeding his way in. I watched him for probably 45 minutes. And uh, he came in to 165 yards. And um, and I, I really wanted him to get within 150. But, uh, but he was standing out there slightly quartering away. You know, head down feeding in the corn. and I said, you know what i'm I'm confident in uh, in this shot. And uh, I had my my uh, my shooting sled there, Rest of the, the crosshairs just a little bit high on the buck's shoulder, uh, just behind the shoulder, and squeezed it off, smoke filled everywhere, and fifty to sixty seventy five deer take off running. And I can't see anything from the you know from the smoke, and now I got my binoculars up. I'm looking at all the deer running. And, and I don't see the buck. And so I think, okay, well, either he, he ducked off in the ditch or he's laying right over there. And, uh, upon inspection, he was, he was laying right, right where I shot him. And that finished, well, almost finished off my season, but it finished off my season. And then like we talked about in the beginning, I got to go home and take Drake hunting. But yeah, that was, that was the, the, the late season Iowa hunt.
0: All right. So. you just got done killing your, you know, your third great deer of the year. When you walked over to that buck, put your hands on him, looked at him and and started at that point, kind of reflecting on your season. What was kind of going through your head at that point?
1: Yeah, just still that, um, just that, that gratitude of being able to, uh, I mean, golly, it was by far the best year I've ever had. Um, you know, to be able to to say that I put my tag on three mature deer. I mean, for me, that's uh, that was that was quite the deal. I've I've I filled both of my tags in Iowa a couple of times, but but never have I ever uh, harvested three bucks in one season. And so for me, it was just like just uh, a monumental season. And and so man, I was I was pumped for that. I knew I had you know, meat in the freezer and, uh, and bills, taxidermy bills that are coming up and, uh, and, and, uh, and the antlers for the wall, but man, just, just overwhelmed with thankfulness for, for such a, for such a great year for
0: myself. That's awesome. So what did, what did that, uh, last buck, your late season muzzleloader buck look like score, whatever.
1: Yeah, just a, uh, typical eight
0: point and, um, you know,
1: heavy, heavy body, big, heavy body, but just not much on his, not much for antlers. Uh, he scored 132 inches as an eight point. Um, but just, you know, he's 18 and a half inches wide and, uh, he had tall brow tines. I mean, a cool looking deer and, you know, and I, I was leaving the next day. And so it was, he, he was definitely a deer that I was, I was happy to take on the, the last day of my hunt.
0: That's awesome, man. And then, uh, obviously the cherry on top kind of uh of your season was your son harvesting her, his first buck and yeah. uh and uh that's awesome right meat for the freezer bone for the wall and yeah. now we uh and now we're we're here again right and we're here again so yep, do you have right. anything that you're chasing right now looking forward to anything uh that you've maybe got previous uh history with or i mean now that you can't hunt iowa you're kind of Limited in that scope, but are you taking any other trips this year?
1: Well, I actually am going back to Iowa. I'm hunting um second season shotgun with uh w- w- with some friends of mine so so I will be going back to Iowa to uh to get done on the second season uh shotgun action, which i I've never hunted shotgun season in Iowa, so it's gonna be a new experience for me but but if it gets me back if it gets me back there, I'll do it so that's that's my plan. But uh, but here in Illinois, I um, yeah there, I do have some some uh, some mature deer that I'll be chasing I, that nine point I've been uh, that when I, I talked about that walked under my stand uh, he's he's back around and he is a uh, he's he, he's a really 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 good deer um, and I would be uh, I, I'd be tickled tickled to get him I think that he's gonna he, he's gonna push one sixty as a nine point. And um, and so that's he he's probably my number one my number one buck right now. I, I want to chase,
0: but I got a big nine pointer that's uh, back. Just only three pictures of him uh, in September, but I know he's alive. Um, yeah, but I found his shed last year or th- this last this last March, and I uh, was kind of curious where he went. Because I had tons of trail camera pictures of him last year, and now mm-hmm. he sh- he showed he showed back up, and I just got to try. I want to locate him again because he's just a beautiful nine pointer, huge mass this, and whatnot.
1: Is, is this the deer that uh, that you and Mark were talking about? How you're going to have to uh, that you're going to hang your hang a new new set in a a different area, or you're going to be act- you're going to have to access different because you think you found his bedding area?
0: No, this this buck was like really popular on in a cattle pasture last year, a cattle pasture slash, uh, picked cornfield, uh, working the edge of it a lot. And I never just, I never went after him because I was after other, you know, chasing other things. Yeah. But this year he made a big enough bump in the mass and time length category. And well, he's a five-year-old now, maybe, maybe, yeah, Yeah, I'd say he's a five-year-old and, uh, just I don't know. I just, he's, he's definitely on the hit list. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, man, I hope you. I hope you get to. Hope you get to tag him, man, or or tag the bigger one. Of course, uh, that that one sounds really exciting too. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's one a of those big, things. Big
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm blessed just to be able to hunt where I hunt and have the the options that I have, and um, yeah, you know, I just go with the flow, see what's That's out right. there, and go go chase them, chase big deer, you know.
1: Yeah. Are you gonna are you gonna hold off for, for one of those two deer, or, or are you? Uh, Man, I are got you still just open for for whatever makes your heart beat?
0: Yeah, it's, I always kind of say whatever makes my uh, whatever makes me go, uh, you know, like makes my yeah. jaw drop. It uh-huh. makes me okay. I, these days, I I I tend to not question it anymore. Like last mm-hmm. year was a bit right. of a, kind of a fluke, but because uh, I thought the deer was a lot older than what he was and he was right, young deer right this year uh, i don't have access to that property right. anymore so i'm going to like everything that i'll be hunting i probably have on trail camera so i'll be able to identify him and yeah, yeah. Uh, you know just go from there and most importantly just get out and enjoy nature that's that's yeah. what i do that's what i mean well I appreciate you taking time out of your day to share with us your uh your your awesome season last year and let me be the first to say good luck this upcoming season man
1: thank you my friend i appreciate it good luck to you it's uh a, a really a, just uh a, a, as a hunter just want to want to say thank you for for your stewardship and your example that uh, that you set for for the whitetail community and you're doing a great job man thanks for what you do for us
0: Well, I appreciate the kind words, T.W., and thank you very much for hopping on the podcast and chatting with us about uh, an extraordinary 2017 season. Uh, Good luck this year as well, and good luck to all of you listeners out there. Guys, it would thrill me to see your trophy picks, no matter if it's a spike buck or it's a uh, 200-incher. The trophy is in the eye of the beholder, and I, I tell you what, I I get excited when I hear stories like uh, TW when he talks about his son who, who killed a spike. That right there, that is probably as exciting for his son as it is for any moment in his life, right? And that moment right there is probably the reason he's going to go out next year, and the year after that, and the year after that, and the year after that, you know? And uh, it's one of those things where I think we often... And I'm, I'm just as guilty of this, dude. We we get too caught up in this. Hey, man, I got to shoot a mature buck or I got to shoot a big buck. We don't all have, you know, I'm kind of a hypocrite in this scenario because I live in Iowa, one of the greatest states to hunt whitetails, but not all of us have big, mature bucks, and it's okay, right? It's okay if you don't shoot a big buck. It's okay if you shoot a doe. It's okay if you shoot a spike, right? Right? it's just kind of like a big dick contest and I don't care for that and big bucks are awesome don't get me wrong but you don't have to kill a big buck to have a successful season or be considered a quote-unquote good hunter uh so there I uh I'm going to get off my soapbox I'm going to get back into this closing and huge shout out to all of you for taking time to listen to this huge shout out to all of the partners of this podcast Exodus trail cameras, wasp broadheads, lone wolf tree stands, deer lab, prime archery, ripcord arrow rest, ozonics, and last but not least, hunter safety systems, guys. If you are gonna be in a tree, I'm gonna wait. Well, I'm not gonna close on that yet because I want to do it in a, a really good fashion at the end, like I always do. But social media, check out the Sportsman's Nation and the Nine Finger Chronicles on Instagram and Facebook. And all the other podcasts that run on the Sportsman's uh, Nation Podcast Network. Now I can say it. Last but not least, guys, as as we start getting in the timber more and more, we're gonna we're gonna get complacent. We're gonna forget things, you know, like sometimes we forget our release, or we forg- even forget our bow or whatever. Do not forget your safety harness and do not get into a tree without your safety harness. I'm telling you right now, nothing, no big buck in the world is worth it. So if you're going to be in a tree this week chasing big bucks or small bucks, please, for the love of God and our friends at Hunter Safety Systems are reminding us all, wear your damn safety harness. Have a good week. Thank you.